welcome, welcome to Gab and Jab, episode 319. And what are we talking about today? All right, so I know in the past we've talked about uh, appropriation versus appreciation. We've talked about that urban music category nonsense. I'll put those links below. But today we are asking, why don't black folks listen to rock? Yes, yes. So that kind of was... Uh, a topic I think we got from seeing a post from mm-hmm. Living Color, Don right? X, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, basically, they posed that question, yes. right? You know, how come black folks don't listen to rock? Right. And I remember a while back, you know, we going all the way back to the 80s, uh, when the Black Rock Coalition mm-hmm. kind of formed. Yep. And I and I thought at that time, and, you know, you guys can let us know in the comments if I kind of got this all wrong, that Initially, the purpose of the Black Rock Coalition, for what I could recall, mm-hmm. was to kind of uh, get white folks right. to accept black folks yes. doing rock and roll, right. right? You know, right. that there was a, a thought of kind of racial discrimination mm-hmm. kind of happening uh, with respect to black artists who were trying to do rock, you mm-hmm. know? And that was kind of on the heels of, like, in 1983, uh, circa 1983, when... Uh, MTV TV, yes. was refusing to play black artists. Yes. And you guys can look at, I think Mark Goodman was interviewing David Bowie and mm-hmm. he had asked a question, you know, probably unfairly of Mark Goodman putting him on the spot <laughs> like that, you know. Trying which, to get it in the ethos. Uh, yeah, but, but, but yeah, but yeah. It, and, and then, you know, famously, Walter Yentenkoff, who was the president of CBS Records, in order to get Billie Jean played on, on MTV, MTV, threatened yes. to remove all of CBS Records' Uh, music videos mm-hmm. from MTV, and finally, voila, Michael Jackson was put on MTV. Yes. And that opened the, the door. um floodgates of <laughs> Prince and Michael Jackson kind of basically jumping onto MTV. Yeah, but yeah. after that, you know, you did start to see success from artists such as Tina Turner. Yeah. Um, who kind of did that. And then later down the road, we saw Tracy Chapman get, yes. you know, early success yeah. on MTV and then Living Color, mm-hmm. and maybe you can say Terrence Trent Darby, yeah. and some you know other yeah. black artists who kind of infiltrated MTV, but it still kind of brought the question, really, right. is that Living Color, uh, Tracy Chapman, mm-hmm. um, I-, I think to some degree, Tina Turner, mm-hmm. um, Lenny Kravitz, mm-hmm. Seven Dust, uh, King's X, who also got a little bit of play, I think, in the 90s, yeah. uh, maybe late 80s, yeah. uh, on MTV, that these, although some of the groups that I named were fronted by black people, mm-hmm. never really got any traction on black radio. Right. Yes. You know, Hootie yes. and the Bullfish. Yeah. I, like, I, I think there are black people who probably know of Darius Rucker, but doesn't really know his music. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with Lenny Kravitz. I yeah. think there are people who, of course, know who Lenny Kravitz is. Yes. You know, and yeah, and probably look up to Lenny Kravitz, yeah. but have no yeah. clue. As so to that's what, what you were asking. Um, how many American blacks have bought it, listened to it, or gone to see it? That right. Was yeah. And so how you know, and we've gone to these uh, um, artists all the time. You know, it seals another one. Um, who I, I and, and we're talking about American blacks. So yeah. We're not talking about worldwide. Yeah. Um, and, and these are just concerts we've gone to. Yes. You know, whereas it seemed like even at the Seal concert, you know, like one of the reasons why we kind of stuck out at the concert yeah. when Seal kind of called us out for being late was um, 
the fact that we were one of the few you, black people. Yeah, and then of course black were, couples, you can almost forget. Right, who were actually in the audience. Yeah, and, and, and that we, was the same at the Tom Morello. That was uh, the same oh, at yeah, a Ben Harper concert. Yeah, Ben Harper said so, yet yeah. another one. Yeah, that that that's a that's a good point. So it it just and and some of these artists that we're naming, I think even have maybe even a stronger R&B base to them. Mm -hmm. You know, like Fishbone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, another one. You know, there's songs like Lemon Moraine and, and and just other songs where I hear like strong George Clinton. Yes. Funkadelic mm -hmm. right. type of stuff there. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, uh, Dallas Austin, Chim Chim's latest Revenge or ben, something like that. Yeah, Dallas ben. Austin actually collaborated with Fishbone. Yeah. You know, and, and so there there is this link yeah. even to like producers and things like that. But for some reason, it, it there is a, a certain amount of willingness for black folks to kind of disown. Yeah. So that was one of the points that you got that um, you mentioned that while uh, black folks protect rap yeah. as having black origins, um, a lot of times black folks ignore the fact that other forms of music, including blues, jazz, funk, country, all have their base uh, in African-American roots. Right, right. Definitely have uh, roots there. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the other part that's confusing. And I, and I would say probably circa 19, in the 1960s, early on, and I, I think we actually saw this with Alternative too. So, Early on, rock and roll encompassed kind of everything. Yes. Right? And this is kind of like the ethos that, you know, I think people who fight against some of the people who are going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. This is why they kind of have a problem with it. But Ooh. but I think it's kind of based on this thing. Like, at one time, they, you know, you would have these rock and roll shows. And on these shows, you would have Buddy Holly, you'd have Chuck Berry, you'd have all these different artists, James Brown. Mm -hmm. You know Jackie Wilson, mm -hmm. so so maybe people who would be decidedly R and B like a Jackie Wilson or James Brown or a Sam Cooke will be on the same show with some of these rock artists mm -hmm. like uh, Buddy Holly mm -hmm. or you know uh, Jerry Lee Lewis or mm -hmm. whoever it might be, um, and that and, and even going into like the early sixties when we started getting Motown stuff, mm -hmm. even those acts mm -hmm. were on with those rock and roll acts. They were mm -hmm. all kind of considered rock and roll. Yes. And that was the same thing. Yes. Um, Motown slogan was the sound of young America. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the sound of black America, young America. Right. It, was, it, it right. was, I mean, that was, so it was, it was something that was meant to be universal. That was mm -hmm. the whole reason why they had the charm school, why they had all these things mm -hmm. was that they knew this was music that they intended to sell to everybody. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whites and blacks alike. Yeah. They had intended to do that. But something happened, I think, probably within the 60s, late 60s, especially because where rock music started to get more defined as white music mm -hmm. and maybe it's as more artists, the bigger artists became white artists. And maybe it started with the British invasion, mm -hmm. you know, that, that it, you Beatles, know, the Beatles, the Stones, okay. you know, the Who, uh, Cream, and, and, you know, so many of these other groups that kind of came in where all of a sudden you start to see rock as being white, right. quote unquote white, right. and not necessarily black. So to the point where when Jimi Hendrix hit, say, circa 1967, mm -hmm. 
well, A, he had to go to Britain right. in order to break. Right. You know, and then he came back, right. you know, and was sold. So that kind of let you know that I don't know if Jimi Hendrix is Jimi Hendrix if he's Without. just trying to make it in the States. Yeah, yeah. If he did not wow. have mm -hmm. Eric Burden, you know, uh, not Eric, Chas Chandler, mm -hmm. who was with the animals. Mm -hmm. Um if he wasn't working as his manager mm -hmm. and then took him over to Britain and basically got the British uh, rock and roll royalty yes. to kind of say, hey, this guy right. is great. Right. You know, uh, you know, from the Beatles to Stones yeah. and everyone, Eric Clapton, yes. uh, Peter Townsend, yeah. you know, all these people kind of said, oh, yeah, this guy right. is it, yeah. you know, uh, Jeff Beck, yeah. you know, all these guys. So. Um, if, if they hadn't gotten that, I don't know if yeah. Jimi Hendrix breaks, but when he does break, one of the issues that Jimi Hendrix had was trying to connect with his black Yes. Woman. And yes. so it, again, he was trying yeah. to do that. You know, now one group that didn't have that same problem, but also played Woodstock, Sly and the Family Stone. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, right. and, and it's probably because Sly was more pop funk mm -hmm. oriented and mm -hmm. not necessarily pop rock mm -hmm. you know didn't necessarily have the hard rock element to yeah. it but you know Sly's one of those odd birds that yeah. was kind of able to straddle both sides both sides and and really was able and to retain his blackness and yeah. retain the blackness yeah. you know and later we would see it from prince mm -hmm. um that that he was another one who was able to do that but mm -hmm. prince did start off with a decidedly R&B yes, audience, yes, you know, yeah. and, and when he toured with the Stones, I mean, he was booed off stage. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. he kind of had to break later with the MTV thing yeah. in order to be accepted by a white audience. And, and I think a lot of white audiences really know Prince from 1999 moving forward. Yeah. As opposed to his earlier albums, even though, you know, there were songs like Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad, yeah, Bambi, all on that second yeah, album. Yeah. Then, you know, I, you know, Dirty Mind is a new had, wave. Yeah, on, that, yeah, not, yeah, on the first, first album. album. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, had, it that had that rock, rock element, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. That was a straight up rock song. So, yeah. and then, you know, Dirty Mind was basically a new wave yeah. slash punky right. type yeah. of record. Yeah. And that that's, was the tour that, you know, Mick Jagger kind of discovered Prince on yeah. and was kind of like, hey, I want this guy to open up for us. Yeah. You know, but but again, um, it, it him having that kind of sensibility didn't necessarily kill him with, with black radio. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe it did to some degree. Because, you know, mm -hmm. you and I have kind of different experiences, experiences when it comes to Prince. Yeah. So, you know, I happen to be here in Detroit and the electrifying mojo he was always on yeah. the cutting edge of liking stuff. So yeah. whether it was, you know, Parliament Funkadelic, he was B all in on the B-52s. And yeah. then he loved Prince. Prince. Yes. And so he played Prince religiously all the time. And, 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 and he was one of the most popular DJs here locally. Yeah. And so Prince... This kind of became Prince's hometown, right. you know. I mean, yeah, his so adopted hometown. When right? I first heard him, I was in New York, and he was pretty obscure. Yeah. Um, I ended up. Uh, my mom, it, uh, her job sponsored this thing, and they gave this record store gave away records. And forty five was I want to be your lover was out, and that was when I first heard about him. But nobody else around me, they were like, "Who? Like mm, whatever." Right. And then when we moved to to. California, same thing, like nobody really knew. And then we moved to Dallas, nobody knew. And of course in Hawaii, nobody knew anything. Right. But um, then we came to Detroit 
and everybody loved Prince, and that yeah. kind of threw me off. Yeah, I mean, and, and we spun, like, the first kind of, like, the copycat Prince group. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I, I know the deal came later. Yeah. But before, you know, I had ever heard of the deal, there was a group here called Dream Boy. Yeah. That was doing stuff yeah. that was kind of like, oh, it sounds like Prince. And then, of course, Ready, Ready for, for the World, world. Yeah. you know, with old Sheila and all yeah. that. You know, I mean, it, this, it, and, and it, Detroit is just, it was unique. It was so uniquely yeah. Prince. And we had a dance show here called The Scene yep. at the time that evolved into it's the new, new dance, dance show. show. Um, that was heavily into the whole Prince scene. Yes, and, and all the and, Right. And, and, and the Prince lookalike dancing on there and everything. Right. Yeah. So Prince was just... He's a mainstay in Detroit. Yeah. He, he, he was mainstream. He was just unbelievably huge here. Yeah. So we had no idea that across, you know, Other the United places. States that he was Well, I was liking him. I, I like felt this, special because right. people didn't like him. And I'm like, well, y'all missing out. Right. We come to Detroit and everybody is like, oh, my God. But, yeah. 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 So that was one of the points you made before that uh, people don't even really know that the banjo is an African instrument. Yeah. But how many blacks play it? If it in fact, if it wasn't for the, what, Rhiannon Giddens. and Giddens, yeah. You yeah. know, that, um, and they make it seem like there's something weird about her playing it. Yeah. You know, doing roots music. And yeah. it's like, it's just, it's just a shame. I guess that's really kind of our thing is that, that again, people act like rap is the only black music. Well, and, 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 and the thing that was, and I'm sorry that I, if I cut you no, apart, I'm you sorry did. about that. But, but, um, what, what really amazed me that I, I heard someone talking about rap and kind of like, yeah, you know, well, we had to, do rap because we couldn't afford instruments. Like, what the hell are you talking right. about? You know I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, there was a whole group of people, right. you know, who were playing musical instruments before this, whether they were cheap ones or whatever. Right. They were. And I this mean, is before people had thousand uh, dollar cell phones. Right. On their hips, you know, so, I mean, so yeah, yeah and, and and I'm not saying that that might not play the role with some of it, yeah. but. I mean, yeah. I mean, people had instruments, yeah. so I and mean, that's a choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the other fact that if it wasn't for white artists, I mean, thankfully, I guess those people in England always gave a nod to American black music. Yeah, that there was that. So there was that fact that they would take people like Holland Wolf, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, Buddy Guy, mm -hmm. and you know, put them up there. Or, or you know, the Rolling Stones were kind of known for doing that with black artists, like. Stevie Wonder touring with the Stones, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the Ray Parker Jr. was, I don't know, 13, 14 years old, however he was, you know, but, you know, another prodigy here from Detroit. Detroit, yep. Yeah, you know, who was on tour with Stevie Wonder and really didn't have no idea who the Rolling Stones were right. when he was on tour with them. But, yeah, it, it's that type of exposure that, you know, and, and maybe there was a certain amount of guilt as far as feeling like there was a certain amount of appropriation that they had done. Maybe mm -hmm. that's what led to it. But whatever it was, that there was a certain amount of appreciating the fact. Yeah, and acknowledging. That, yeah. Not just appreciating, but actually calling attention to yeah. the fact that they were basically redoing blues songs yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, right? yeah, especially Led Zeppelin. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, so, so there's a, you know, a, a lot of that. And, but it, it still just brings the thing of why does it appear? And, and I know since, you know, I was a kid yeah. that black folks just seem to be comfortable relinquishing mm -hmm. whatever ownership mm -hmm. that they had of rock and roll music. Rock, blues, jazz, right. all of that. Cause, and then like now funk, you know, funk kind of yeah, lives funk in has, this yeah. new 
place that's kind of uh, sitting on the white side of the fence. You yeah. know, I'm not saying blacks don't like it, but I don't see it as much in, in the up and coming generations. Whereas rap, again, they're very protective. Very protective. Anybody yeah. that does rap. And, and, and again, I'm not asking that we have that. Right. This condition that, that yeah. requires. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I really have an issue with that aspect of it is that I, I do think music is kind of a universal language. Yeah. And so the fact that other people kind of grab stuff from different cultures, yeah. use it, um, you know, make music with it or whatever else, I, I do think that, you know, that to me is, is powerful and mm-hmm. I think we need to encourage that. Yeah. You know, at the same token, I, I think people do need to, to be educated. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, and maybe that, that is understand. part of it. Yeah. I think that may be part of what our, our onus was to do the episode. Yeah. There, is to say that maybe people didn't realize that at one time it was all called black music. You know, I'm saying even back with the jazz and, and the, you know, the young yeah. white kids coming out yeah. to, to, watch, you know, black performers um, play it, yeah. that that was one of the criticisms, like, they're going to hear that, you know, that that black music. Yeah, but I think it's like, uh, who was that, Whiteman a long time ago, who was, they called him the king of jazz, you know, right. because, you know, and, right. and that, you know, or Benny Goodman, yeah. you know, and yeah. that, that, that you know, or Elvis Presley called the king of rock and roll, yeah. you know, yeah. that there is this, you know, uh, uh, that People kind of get upset about when that happens, mm-hmm. when the national media yeah. says that. But, you know, I was reading a, a book um, on uh, Duke Ellington, and mm-hmm. Duke Ellington actually liked Paul Whiteman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like he actually liked what he brought, mm-hmm. you know, to it. And that was the whole thing. It was sort of like with a lot of these guys, um, when it just came them just being musicians mm-hmm. and things like that. And and I think even Whiteman in his way mm-hmm. um did a lot to acknowledge mm-hmm. where this stuff came from. Yeah. Or what you know, what happened. You know, and I think musicians understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, that by and large that I, I do think that most musicians kind of get that part yeah. of it. So But it's just odd that it doesn't trickle down, you know, into into a you know, a national daily narrative cultural yeah. narrative so yeah. it, it's really a cultural question like why you know what is this you know this all this lost music that's genre upon genre upon genre yeah yeah well, that well, seem to be quote unquote lost to black audiences and, and right whereas again rap you know they're very you know there seems to be this uh constant uh regulation of yeah. and cultural and, 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 regulation and, and, and of the public keeping that you know yeah. and keeping hold of that you know that that we seem to be fine if there are more white kids who know who Charlie Parker is mm-hmm. and Dizzy Gillespie is, mm-hmm. but you know we it, it would be different if they didn't know who LL Cool J is, right? You know, and 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 I I do admit to that 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 is one part of even for the rap part that I think there's some kids that don't even know that he was a rapper. Yeah, you know, I mean? right. so, think he's just an actor, right? Right, you know, and yeah. don't don't quite know that part of it. So it just could be just being blind to history yeah. and 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 just needing to educate more. Yeah. I mean, but if we're off base on this, yeah. or if you have a different view on this yeah. or feel differently about it. Yeah, if you have some insight that we hadn't, you right. know, considered in 
in our discussion? Because I used to always hear that. Oh, you know, you, you playing that white, old white boy music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why are you playing that white boy music? Why are you doing right. You know, and it's like, what are you talking about? Right. You know, I mean, it's, it, this is just music. But, yeah. you know, that's something that, you know, I, I think we had kind of growing up. Yeah. And it just seems like it still hasn't quite no, changed. It, I, it you know? No, I don't think it I has. mean, it, 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 even though I, I will say this, that there are certain rap artists who are incorporating more rock elements mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. what they do. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that I think is encouraging. encouraging yeah. You know, that yeah. you kind of see that. Or just bringing more of an artsy sensibility to what they do. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tyler, the creator, pops in my mind as yeah. one of those types of artists that's doing that. You know, Lil Wayne and some of the rock stuff that he does. Yeah. So, you know, you're seeing that yeah. aspect of it. You know, I mean... And maybe that's a thing that as it grows, yeah, you know, but the thing I think that scares me the most is that with the advent of AI mm -hmm. and the oversimplification of music, mm -hmm. I, I think that's the one scary aspect of AI mm -hmm. is that as you dumb things down, uh, it becomes easier for AI to replicate mm -hmm. what is quote unquote good music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because it, you know, it, because it gets dumbed down to such a point where the creative human element mm -hmm. is missing. Yeah. You know, and so AI can easily replicate that yeah. aspect yeah. of it and maybe even do it better than the humans who are trying to do yeah. it. So that's the thing that, that kind of scares you. You know well, about and that. And that's up to again. We were talking about that before. It's up to the public. Yeah, you is. know to to, to demand more. Right. Yeah, it's, it's always up to the right. public to say, "Hey, now, I, it, I want this." Right. If if, if you yeah. say you don't want it, then again, it won't. It will die on the vine. Yeah, it will. So yeah. All right. What do you guys think? Again, we'd love for you to add to the conversation. Drop your comments below. And what else? What else we got? Optanium oh, flow. Optanium flow. Do, do we got? Do we got live? stream coming up at yes all? january 12th january 12th yep. okay all right so it's 7 uh, p.m eastern time friday night um friday night. it's going to be the video premiere of daylight music okay. video from obtaining flow great all right if you dig the vibe and you want to be a part of the tribe be sure to to subscribe and make sure that you comment on this let's hear from you yeah we're wishing you love peace and chicken peace.